Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Marika Meeks is an entrepreneur, wife, and mom who was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer at the age of 41. Not thinking she would survive, she made it through. Afterwards, she was still struggling but found her joy and purpose again after her dog Stella came into her life. Now she's made it her mission to give a second chance to other dogs through her own organization. Marika, thank you so much for joining us today on Dog Save the People. Where are we speaking to you from? I am coming to you from sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, beautiful. One of my favorite spots on earth. And is that where you're from originally? No, originally I was born in England and my family immigrated here when I was uh, about six or seven and we've moved around the country, but most recently we moved to Phoenix or Scottsdale, Arizona from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. What a nice move. That's great. So Marika, you have such an amazing story and I am so thrilled to be speaking with you today. There's so many different facets of your story and uh, we have a lot to cover, but I wanted to begin by talking about your journey into your health and sort of where that brought you and how that kind of has influenced the rest of your life. If you don't mind kind of walking us through that, please. I got the call that nobody wants uh, with the doctor saying, the words, I'm really sorry, but you have cancer. Pretty shell-shocked at that point. Um, I was I was told that they know the growth rate so they can extrapolate how long you've actually had cancer. And at that point, they were telling me that I'd had cancer for six to eight years. And so I was um, then told I was stage three. Um, my lymph nodes were fully involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, really, you know, our world came screeching to a halt. We were entrepreneurs. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. I was in the middle of uh, buying a restaurant, literally like on the final day of negotiations when we got the call that I had cancer. Um, and so it really, you know, getting a diagnosis like that is sort of like you're cut from the herd. Everyday oh, yeah. life is no longer relevant to you. And you're sort of living life as an outsider looking down from a second story window as everybody runs along with their day and their errands and grabbing their Starbucks and getting to work. And, and all of a sudden, like none of it matters to you anymore. All of it's irrelevant. And it's a really, really bizarre feeling. Yes. They said, okay, well, if we do surgery, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and hormone therapy, we're predicting, or the computer's predicting, that we'll give you a 61% chance to be alive in five years. And I I was just, again, I was just kind of looking at them like, what? Like 61? That's like flipping a coin almost. You know, it was the most difficult decision of my life to decide not to do chemotherapy. I had tried some other alternate approaches and my mom called and said, why don't you take a look at this clinic in Scottsdale? And, and that's what ultimately ended me up here. And so here you are. And, um, it, it obviously has, has brought you into a more healthy place and to a place of no dis-ease. Yes, for the most part. I mean, I'm still wired that way. It's still always a mm-hmm. work in progress for me. I, I'm yes. not going to say that I'm I'm immune to anxiety, fear, depression. I mean, I'm I'm just not. But it's like I just see life very differently now. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that approach. Now, as somebody who has been through this incredible journey and learning about and healing yourself in in many many ways. I believe that then you found yourself kind of 
in a place where you weren't really sure what to do next. And this is where the love of dogs, I believe, comes into your story. I was going to get a bike. I went over to these people's house. They opened up their sliding glass window. A little dog named Sweetie Pie ran in and I got down on my knees. It put its little arms around my waist and just held its head still on my chest. And this time I had this like wash of a warm, positive, loving energy that really just took my breath away. And I was stunned. I I hadn't felt this way in so long because at that point I'd been, you know, dealing with this cancer diagnosis for for several years and I just couldn't stop thinking about a dog. But I had a problem and that was my husband who in, in so many ways has been my guardian angel throughout all of this. He had one request when we got married and that's that we wouldn't have a dog. So I feel led by the universe to get a dog. I don't want to undermine my relationship with my husband by doing so. And I'm sort of in this like juxtaposition of, of trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I was away from home for uh, seven, eight months. It was a long period of time. Mm-hmm. My youngest daughter was in high school. Um, and she was dealing with all the usual, you know, teenage angst in addition to, you know, high school and all the other stuff. But I, I didn't realize the depth of how lost she was until I was actually going through radiation out here in Scottsdale. And I got a call one Sunday morning that she had left a suicide note and nobody knew where she was. Oh, wow. And thankfully, I didn't lose my daughter. Um, we made a promise that day that if she would hold on for one more day, I would too. And soon I would be back home and we'd be under the same roof again. But things were strained. We couldn't quite reconnect. And I got to go back to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And um, I'm always showing, you know, Katie and Brian pictures of this dog and that dog. And one night, Brian, I think he was just getting a, a little bit annoyed with me. He finally said, he goes, for the love of God, you know, please just go fill out an application. <laughs> so I'm like, ate my dinner really fast, sprinted in the other room, fill out my application. And um, I got approved. And that uh, that following Saturday was the adoption event. And an amazing thing happened. It was Friday night and Katie, she comes up to me and she says, um, mom, do you mind if I go with you tomorrow? Mm-hmm. We went to the adoption event and then Stella came walking in the door and we quickly adopted Stella. But the magical thing is the same day we brought Stella home, which was February 13th, 2016, mm-hmm. Katie and I instantly fell back in love with each other as we were falling in love with Stella. We all of a sudden had this mutual bond and mutual love for this creature. And um, Stella gave me my daughter back and nothing, nothing could be more powerful than that. Wow. I just got chills from that. That is amazing. Yeah. It's been an amazing journey. And really from that point forward, you know, we, we realized that Stella kind of became a conduit for human connectivity, yes. as I think many dogs are. And um, she got me out of my isolation and depression. I was all of a sudden taking her places and talking to people because they weren't really talking to me. I wasn't really talking to them, but somehow we were mutually mm-hmm. connecting through this dog. And she's a pit bull mix. Um, primarily, her highest percentage was American Bulldog and then Staffordshire Terrier, and then she's 12%, 12% St. Bernard. So I don't know if that comes into play, but uh, she's basically a mutt, but that's just, part, that's just perfect for me. 
That's great. That's great. Well, she's just beautiful, the photographs that I've seen of her. Tell me a little bit about Stella. What is her personality like? Well, she's a she's a camera hound to start with. Uh-huh. She's just a, a beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, she's she's my best buddy. Um, she is uh, lovable. She's playful. She just just has this like wise look in her eyes where she just understands um, what's going on. And she is just such a gift to me. Well, that's, I mean, I think that that's how we all become with our, with our pets is they're our soul, our soulmates, our hairy soulmates. And they, I believe, really understand so much more than we give them credit for. And they're able to help us heal. They know when we're not feeling well and they really rise to the occasion. There's such a, there's such a bond that we have with our, with our pets. You mentioned that you basically had forgotten how to live and Stella taught you how to live again. Can yeah. you kind of go back to that? I think that's such a beautiful and very important message. I had really thought that I was going to die. I, I wasn't expecting to survive this. So when I did and I went back home, I was trying to figure out what normal life was. It, mm-hmm. And really it was Stella that, that sort of, gave me a new focus and really showed me the vision on on what I was supposed to do and, and how we could both move forward together, uh, you know, in life and, and really be impactful. And and that's really what drives me today is I don't want to say that I live in it with a sense of desperation, but I certainly live with a sense of urgency to do whatever I can. So some of my goals are ambitious. I have to do what's in front of me. And I have to do it out of respect for those that did not cross that finish line with me and their families, because there's a lot of people that get left behind in cancer and cancer isn't related just to the patient. Cancer affects family. It affects friends. There's nobody that isn't touched by a disease like cancer. And, and that's why I do what I do with, with a sense of urgency that I do it with Stella by my side. And, and I have her to cuddle with every night and every morning. And I, and I love and appreciate every single minute of it. You are such an inspiration. I'd never even heard of the concept of fostering. That was completely new to me. And I just kept on thinking about that and what a scary place that must have been for Stella. She and her sister had been dumped by the side of the road in January in Indiana. So not a nice time to be out there. And a local rescue pulled both of them and got them into um, foster homes. And I told Brian, I said, you know, I'd like to pay that forward. I'd like to foster other dogs so that, you know, we can give them that same experience. And within three weeks, we were fostering. It was just a bonding and having that mutual goal, that commonality that um, uh, really left me feeling so inspired. Like, what what else can we do? And so that really started our journey of, of fostering dogs. And just in the last year, we have rehomed about 60 dogs. So yeah, uh, we do our own rescue work. Our shelters are so crowded here. So we get dogs that are surrendered to us. They get to be fostered in our own personal homes. And, you know, we feel not only are we helping the community, we're helping the shelter, we're certainly helping that dog, but we're really helping the next family that's going to adopt this dog because we get to, by fostering them in our homes, we get to see what their personalities are. We get to see what their quirks are. We get to know if they're not potty trained or whether they are potty trained. And, and most importantly is we can use our social media channel to share these animals and people are falling in love with them before they've even met them. Whatever it is, if we're able to help, uh, we do. That's incredible. 
I have two daughters. My eldest daughter um, came to me one day and she said, mom, she goes, Stella's so cute. She goes, why don't you put her on Instagram? And I'd never, I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't know anything about it. And at first I was a little resistant. I didn't get the point of it. And then I started mm -hmm. posting pictures and then I started trying to connect with other people. And so that's kind of how it started is I slowly started building a, a community of people, which I started really enjoying. And it just kind of picked up steam really fast. And before you know it, we had 12,000 followers and 18,000 followers. And then I had had an idea to do an adult coloring book. And my story seemed pretty boring to me because it's my story. Um, but then I thought, you know, I had a lot of people that were going through similar type situations, medical situations, medical traumas that really got got peace and value from what I shared from being vulnerable with my story. Before you know it, um, we had a book deal with uh, Kensington Citadel out of New York. And, you know, so just one one thing at a time, you know, the chips kind of fall, the cookie, cookie crumbles the way it's supposed to, I guess. And that was sort of the, the initial kickoff of Incredible Stella, the brand. Oh, that's amazing. And so now the book, Incredible Stella, How the Love of a Pitbull Rescued a Family. And the book follows your story and how pretty much what we've been speaking about your story and, and meeting Stella and the effect that she's had on you and your family. That's exactly right. It's been an amazing, an amazing journey. And I've never experienced the love and acceptance from a, from a community like I have from this dog loving community. And uh, I'm more comfortable now in my own skin than I ever have been. I'm so thankful to you for sharing your, your story, your journey, where can we find you and Stella on social media? Anywhere you type in incredible and bull is spelled B-U-L-L, -L, Stella, we should pop up. It's the name of our website. It's our Instagram handle, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Marika, thank you so much for speaking with us today. All right. Thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Marika's story really brings up the fact that we just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I loved hearing the healing story of Stella. And when Stella came into Marika's life, it helped her heal her relationship with her daughter. It helped her heal her own approach to life. It gave her a renewed sense of what life is all about. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.